Yo, 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 Wa'o Records podcast number eight with uh, the bearded John Moser <laughs> of right. Charlie Brown Gets a Valentine, the AV Club. Uh, what else, John? Uh, my high school band was Politically Erect. I did not know that. Yeah. So let's... <laughs> <laughs> Since I'm feeling political right before election day... Let's go with Charlie Brown Gets a Valentine with Dismantling Goodbyes. So a few years ago, we did an interview for Amp Magazine, if you recall, and one thing that stood out to me that you said was, actually, let me get the exact quote. Uh, the question from that was, what was your favorite release? Uh-huh. And you said, I know most bands are asked this question, and they always say their latest release, but I guess that's the way it should be. Right. If the last thing you put out isn't your best, that's, it's probably time to break up. Now I'm wondering, you still feel the same way, and why? Oh, yeah, no, totally, I still feel the same way. Which is why I'm really hesitant to officially release any new Charlie Brown stuff. Or uh, mm-hmm. What about very... old stuff that maybe have never seen the light of day? Yeah, see, I, I don't know. I kind of like that the only thing you can get on iTunes, for example, is dismissed. Right. Because I think it's, you know, it's the last thing we did. It's the best thing we did. And it is the best example of the band. So anything well, else is just going to What do you feel from good. a fan point of view or like a super fan point of view for yourself of another band that you're just interested in uh-huh. to find out that, you know, let's just say that there's a hidden Nirvana B-side that never saw the light of day till right now. Wouldn't you be psyched to try to get your hands on that or hear what yeah, it was about yeah, uh, for historical purposes more than anything? No, I mean, I, I, I understand that, but I guess I'm a little protective. I understand. A little protective, so... Okay, so let's go. What do you want to hear? The AV Club? Sure. Since it is what you're doing currently. It's the last thing I did, and I think it's the best thing I've done. There you go. Girl from Mars work for you? No, sounds great.
After Charlie Brown gets a Valentine, you started the AV Club, which we just heard. How did you adjust to almost taking a backseat and not being as prominent, let's say, in the songwriting process or even mm-hmm. in the vocals? You, you play bass and you do backups instead right. of lead like you did for the most part in Charlie Brown. Was that an, a, a hard adjustment for you? or? Well, I was purposefully looking for a total change, like everything. So I wanted to, I wanted a band that sounded completely different. I wanted to have a different role in the band. And so that's what I got. I really, I lucked out meeting Aaron. We both worked at um, this bar in New Haven together. I liked his songs. He played them for me. I was like, wow, this stuff is really, really catchy. You've got great sense of melody. Um, let's do this. And it was nice to be a supporting member rather than the guy out front. And I think I learned... Understand. I think I learned how to do a lot of things better. I think I'm a better bass player than I ever was. I mm-hmm. think I'm a better vocalist than I was. So. Just because you can focus on it instead yeah. of worrying about carrying everything, I guess? Yeah, yeah. And it's uh, it's been nice. I'm, you know, I like it. 
Okay, it's cool. Let's. What would you like to hear this time around? <laughs> Why don't you play uh, Cletus? I will play Cletus when I'm gone. No. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And when I hope I'm that, gone. I hope that this leads to them uh, playing at an insub fest or something like that. That would be cool. I mean, they yeah. play every year for his birthday, Johnny Puke's birthday bash. But it'd be cool, you know, bring him up out north a little bit more. Yeah. 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 Just who wants to head all the way down there? All right. Here we go, Cletus. think too many people know that you have a degree in ethics that's true so i think you are the perfect guest to uh, weigh in on the subject of indie bands going to major labels oh excellent and, and, and what do you think about that what do i think about that um for some people i think it's probably the right thing to do for other people i think it's probably not i mean that's a really safe and boring answer but mm -hmm. Um, but why do you think, let's say, it's not? <laughs> I can understand why people would say it, it is for some bands, because, I mean, mm -hmm. the money aspect's a nice thing, and you get to get your music out to more people, which I've always thought was the goal of making music, you know, sharing yourself yeah, and your yeah. art with more people. But why do you think not, let's say? Why would you not want to sign to a major label? Sure. So you don't get dicked over? <laughs> okay. Couldn't you say the same thing about a, an indie label, though? Yeah, yeah. No, it's. I mean, it's, you know... It's all about protecting your interests and making sure you're doing things for the right reasons and the you know the reasons that you started. And well, which I think goes back to what you said before that if what you're doing isn't your best, maybe you shouldn't be doing it yeah. anymore. Yeah, yeah, to totally. 
So let's go to a, a band that went to a major label and some would say was a mistake. Uh, this is Jawbreaker's major label version of Boxcar. And then we will play Charlie Brown Gets a Valentine doing Do You Still Hate Me to keep with the Jawbreaker theme.
not to dwell on Charlie Brown so much, but after you guys broke up, I mean, you all formed, the three of you formed different bands. And right. how do you feel when you see your former bandmates performing in their respective new bands? Instead of being on stage with them, you're now a spectator. I think it's really cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I like uh, I like watching Dead Mechanical. I like watching A Study in Her. I think I'm like the biggest fan of both those bands. That's That's sort of what, you know, that's what's exciting about it is I get to be a fan of my friends and support what they're doing and kind of you know feel a little heart sick or miss that aspect sometimes but i mean we you know we play together when we can Mm -hmm. no i know but that's true but it's still i don't know i see it as it's not the same but it is it is cool on the other side yeah well and i get to i i feel like with both those bands i can sort of give them a an honest perspective Mm, that's a good point with someone obviously whose opinion they respect and understand a little better than anyone else who's just a spectator and i can be i can be brutal with them too so is there any other way to be (laughs) i'm accused of being brutal all the time you are your brutal brutal. honesty is 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 just constructive that's what i'm not completely brutal um let's go to a study in her and you say the song name because i never remember it instructions from her hero a young woman on guitar this was the first uh, a study in her song that i ever actually liked oh. <laughs> <laughs> and so then we chose to cover it later
See, some would say that that was a brutal response by you, and I just think it's <laughs> honest, and that that's what's fair. Yeah, no, Costas knows that. That I, I, I actually, he's written a lot of songs since then that I've liked, but that was the first one that I heard that really grabbed me, and I was like, hey, you know, that's a he's good one, a, yeah. he, you know, this band's onto something. So you've been fairly outspoken about punk rock instrumentals and that they're kind of pointless. <laughs> yeah. Now, how do you see lyrics? Are they the importance of lyrics in songs in general? Uh-huh. And do they take a precedent over the music? Well, so my beef is with pop-punk instrumentals in particular. Okay. Because, to me, pop-punk is not about uh, musicianship. Mm-hmm. And instrumentals are all about musicianship, in my mind. You know, surf music, you're showing off your, your effects licks. and yeah, your licks and whatever, and your hot beats and stuff like that. And a pop-punk instrumental is just like taking the one thing about pop-punk that is probably the least interesting or the least valuable and mm-hmm. putting it out up fr- up front and out front and i just think that's really retarded it's you know it's like it's like dashboard confessional they took the worst parts of emo the whining and the diary written lyrics and and forgot that you know some of the stuff you know came from hardcore music and actually rocked and right. just took all the worst elements and put it out front and i think when a pop punk band does an instrumental it's sort of it's sort of like Dashboard Confessional. I would be against any pop punk band doing anything that has to do with Dashboard Confessional. <laughs> Again, as would the, I. With the brutality. Let's play the Methadones accident waiting to happen because the Methadones have been a perpetrator once or twice of the pop punk instrumental, I believe. If have... not, I think so, off the first record. And oh, then, the mo- no, the Mopes. I know one. the Mopes, yeah, the for Mopes sure, but I think they have one I'm not sure. Someone and, double check and, actually, and then write in and tell me I'm a fucking idiot. Well, since but, you brought it up, though, the Mopes uh, instrumentals, I would say, are the exception to the rule. Well, they, But they actually do go for like a surf vibe. To for, it. vibe. And, and I, I actually like those instrumentals. See, so. I, those are the, the tracks I skip on those records. I, mean, oh, I skip them, too. <laughs> but I don't, you know... I skip them gingerly. You know, I sort of think about them and then hit the... I don't. I I hit the next button right away. (laughs) But, okay, so here are the methadones as we're losing fans by the second thanks to our honesty.
since I'm not very original in that interview that I mentioned before that we did, I had asked you the question of if you've got to take a pick, the Broadways or the Lawrence Arms. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to switch that up a little and I'm going to ask you Jawbreaker or Jets to Brazil? Whoa, uh, Jawbreaker. Really? But, um... That's your final answer? Yeah, no, that's oh, definitely my final answer. But I've been listening to Jets Brazil a lot more lately. See, but if I had to choose one, it would definitely be Jawbreaker. That's a, that's a tough one. And for me, um, I think I'm in the minority, and I go Jets to Brazil. Really? Yeah. I really like Four Cornered Night. And I didn't at first. I hated it at first. But um, I've gone back to it, and it's sort of how I like to rock right now. I just think it's, it's just a better <laughs> vehicle for his lyrics and his musical writing it doesn't have to be so aggressive and mm-hmm. he's got limits of time that the songs can be longer and just play with dynamics more and just make things stand out yeah um, i i hated orange rhyming dictionary when i got it then got really into it mm-hmm. and then i loved four corner night and was like they can't make a better record than this and then i perfecting loneliness may even be better i've, ne- I've actually never heard perfecting loneliness. oh see and of course what am i about to play something off four corner night <laughs> and here is Jets to Brazil right. with little light, but um, you got to get yourself a copy of. of All right, that. I'll, I'll check it out. Amazingly good. There is no other you Dawn comes down 
So what can we expect from the AV Club in the not-too-distant future? Well, we just, um, we just finished recording uh, a song for the Queers tribute and a song mm-hmm. for the J-Church tribute that are both going to be coming out, we hope, next year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know how those things go. Yeah. Yes, um, we, we are aware of comps and things going <laughs> wrong with comps if you've paid attention to the last podcast. But we did, uh, we did Don't Mess It Up from uh, Punk Rock Confidential. Mm-hmm. and um, Their best record, by the way. I'm not comfortable with that, but then, you know. We, <laughs> you don't have to be. You're, you're a bold man. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, this I might be the, the podcast where I'm in the minority on everything. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and then we did um, Rich and Young and Dumb from uh, One Mississippi for the J Church Tribute. And we, Their best record. Yeah. Now that I can agree with. Okay. That I can agree with. Uh, and Aaron really went nuts arranging this song, and it's completely different from the original. And it's I think it's really awesome. So let's I'm check out about it. the AV Club with Rich Young and Dumb, originally by Jay Church. <laughs> 